Hello, darlings. I think this is officially episode eight. Um, the episode looking back at BTS's releases from Dynamite, um, their Japanese release, Map of the Soul, The Journey, and anything else that I didn't cover in my last two BTS album-related uh, episodes, that's still in the pipeworks. Um, I'm lazy, so, and busy, so it is taking me a little bit longer than I expected to get to that. But one thing I have gotten to do in October is watch a BTS concert. Like everyone around the world in 2020, all live music entertainment has kind of ground to a halt unless the artist you're interested in is doing virtual, digital on tact, I believe is the term many Korean artists are using, performances um, where it attempts to forge digital intimacy with a global audience. Um, so I've seen four concerts so far. Wano's um, kind of debut concert, his solo concert after exiting Monster X, uh, Ace's uh, virtual concert, which is my second Ace concert, because uh, I saw them live in December uh, 2019, and again, two BTS concerts, both nights of the uh, Map of the Soul 1 concert. Um, so I tried to uh, record for both uh, of the non-BTS concerts, but that would have taken a very long time and it, this would have had to be broken up into four episodes instead of two. And I can't do that to the lovely soul who is helping me with transcription. Or the, like, five of you that listen to this. But after I watched both nights of the um, Map of the Soul 1 concert, I recorded reactions pretty instantly. So um, the episodes for the next two parts, so this is 8A and then there will be 8B, are actually kind of on-the-spot responses to those concerts. Uh, so they were made at the ass crack of dawn. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy listening to part one, which was done the Saturday morning after the first night, which was very late. I don't know why I did that to myself. <laughs> but all right. Happy listening. Hope you like it. So I'm recording this part of the latest episode just maybe an hour, less than an hour after the first day of the two-day Map of the Soul 1 concert uh, finished. So it's 9.18 in the morning. I've been up since about 3.30, 4 o'clock, 
and I would not change that for the world. Beyond the fact that I'm actually only awake because I'm bad at figuring out time zones and I cannot count, that I would change. So the first concert really was, it was really just an event, obviously. um, This is the second uh, live BTS concert I've watched on uh, a streaming platform. I watched the Wembley concert with my nieces and my friend Noelle uh, last year. Um, And this year, if Corona hadn't happened, I would have taken my my niece that got me into BTS uh, to see them in Orlando back in uh, May. Um, But the universe sucks, and so we didn't. But we watched Distant. She watched it on her laptop um, over at my sister's and I watched it at my apartment and we did not communicate at any point before, after or during the show beyond what's your password. And that's okay. Uh, So the concert first day opened with like a really dramatic kind of not retelling, but representation of the key moments across on the uh, title or main track for Map of the Soul 7 that came out in February. And I really like the song. I don't always love the video. It depends on my mood. Uh, But the performance utilizing elements of that video uh, was really good. Um, Then on segued into whatever, into No, which I love No. Like, that is that is one of my favorite BTS songs, uh, in part because, you know, when you look at the music video and you see their hair, it's just really great. Um, and then I did We Are Bulletproof Part 2, which, again, I love it. I love BTS's more hip-hop-oriented songs. So No, We Are Bulletproof, Boy In Love, uh, No More Dream. Those are... Um, really really like my kind of music and those are those are main tracks that rely on hip-hop in terms of sound styling and um the experience and conveniently all of the songs were you know in this concert um i really love that the styling for the first chunk of songs um didn't rely on schoolboy uniforms because back when they did uh for the mma awards they did we are bullet not we are bulletproof boy in love they did a boy in love stage and they were essentially supposed to be wearing schoolboy uniforms it did not look like schoolboy uniforms because they are in their 20s so they look like office workers just hot um anyway um Intro Persona was the first solo song we got, solo performance, and you know I'm freaking feral for Namjoon in every capacity, and I really loved that stage. It was very energetic. Um, What threw me for a loop was that this, this stage used or brought in the giant CGI Namjoon using, I guess, AR technology. So, like, I, I'm like, 
the camera, I think it panned left because I don't use the multi multi view or whatever during these concerts. I don't fiddle with any settings because it's I'm sleep deprived and computers already hate me. So I'm looking at the main screen and it just shifts and I'm like, oh my God, I like lost it. I think that was like the first tweet I made about the about the concert really. Um, because like, what? And then their boy in love stage was really good. Um, it had very like rebellious youth energy, which I always love. And I love boy in love as a song. Um, it's kind of like the same resonance with me as war of hormone, except it's not as haunt as war of hormone. Um, and it's kind of like rude, but it's a song that works for me. I love Yungi's part um, from like in the music video where the girl playing the video's love interest is against the locker and he, you know, he's just like, I guess kind of spitting game. That is like my favorite part ever. Um, what was really cool is like, so after that, um, we move into Dionysus and as you know, Dionysus as a god, as a BTS song, as a cultural signifier, super important to me. I have a statue of Dionysus on my desk. I have an altar that needs dusting. Um, and Dionysus, as a mythological and religious figure, is key to like everything that I am as a person. And um, so I've loved Dionysus since I first saw the title. Like, I was like, oh, this song is my song. This is the song. They made this song for me. They made Map of the Soul Persona for me. <laughs> and I'm, duh, I'm not wrong. But this version of Dionysus used a different beat. It was more hip-hop. Um, one of the, the general consensus across my Twitter timeline was this song, Fucks. And I love that. Because Dionysus, the original version is like boozy, clubby, frat boy. But Dionysus, I guess Dionysus, the hip hop mix, fucks. It is, it, it brings even more to the table than the original did. And I loved the very high energy of the performance. Um, then there's interlude shadow. Again, feral for fucking rap line. Love them all. The performance, Yungi is in his element. I mean, raw magnetism. This is uh, the stage uses um, elements from the video, like hands reaching through quote unquote walls because it's um, fabric, uh, kind of zombie grabbing for him. It's so unsettling. It's so cool. And I love the song. I love the commentary that song and video make about fame and having it and other people who want what you have. And it's just, it is so introspective. It is so powerful. And I loved getting to see the stage performed and seeing Yungi just go for it was like, wow. Um, and then Black Swan uh, followed that. Black Swan is so good, yo. Oh my god. I am one of the people that didn't really like the... Because the, there's a, a version with the dance troupe and the orchestral, orchestral mix. And I didn't really like that. Um, 
I like the theater angel video because I'm shallow and they're very beautiful. Um, but this, um, this stage, cause I've seen the, so I've seen a couple of stages that they've done like on the tonight show and somewhere else they did a black swan stage and I've seen them and I was like, yeah, this is great. This is better. The black swan stage on day one of map of the soul one is better than the stage we've had so far. Not just because Jungkook is wearing a see-through shirt. Uh, not just because um, everybody is legit bringing their A-game like top to bottom. This is this stage as it was meant to be performed. Jimin gets a contemporary dance solo. Like So they finish the song. And Jimin gets to go fucking wild. I mean... Part of why I didn't like the dance troupe video was because it was not Jimin. That's kind of how that happened. This was what I wanted. I wanted Jimin using his incredible talents. He's an incredible dancer, fluid ass body, just powerful ability to just emote like with his arm, you know, like this, this is incredible. And I, I kind of like broke I was like, what is this? This is incredible. And so, of course, I'm already broken. And they f- and, and the concert follows it up with, ugh, and zero o'clock. And then my time, filter, moon, and inner child. Because they're like, oh, oh, you're, you're going through something? Go through it some more. And, of course, interspersed across all of the different performances. Every couple of performance, there is a little video. Um, I think they're called VCRs. And I can't actually figure out what that acronym is supposed to stand for. So hopefully I'll figure that out eventually because I've been wondering since like January of 2019, actually. Um, Is everything. Uh, They did a teaser for it during Bang Bang Khan back in June or July. I don't remember. Time is fake. And my memory is shot. Um, and so it's rap line in a boxing ring. And I, I love it. It's a more direct, like, yes, this is a diss track clapping back at haters. We could fight them. And, you know, I love aggression. And um, they do it in a way that does not mimic um, Black masculinity, which is something I talk about across my project that a lot of the rappers who are performing hip hop and trying to do, especially if they're in an idol group, when they switch either to more hip hop oriented songs with their group, or when they do solo content, they tend to be like, well, what's the toughest thing I could be? And it's a black guy. And they're not doing that here. They're just like boxing. And I love just watching it. Um, Yungi's just hot here. Namjoon is wearing a leopard print, uh, I don't want to say boxing gown. I have no idea what it's called, but the thing that boxers wear before going into the ring and beating the shit out of each other, he's wearing a leopard print one and he's hot. <laughs> uh, and Hobie, I was like, well, when, when is he going to show up? When is he going to show up? Because I knew I wasn't going to be prepared and I wasn't. Um, God, I wasn't. And when you guys listening to this, when you watch it, if you haven't already, you probably won't be prepared either. Um, zero o'clock, right? I love those. I, I love tr- uh, truth untold. I love 
just like kind of yearning sounding just beautiful vocal line tracks they're incredible as a unit separately just subunits love it zero o'clock is like so heartbreaking just like their delivery and, and they were all dressed in white they looked like freaking angels um oh my god it was beautiful it was an incredible stage had a little bit of choreo um like casual choreo so did uh that also had like a little bit of casual choreo like a dance break at the end uh that i needed in my life i needed it <laughs> and it was great i absolutely freaking loved it um and then when we go into vocal line solo songs solo performances the hilarious thing about jungu's my time is that it's basically like like an ode to well i didn't have a childhood like i was busy learning the sword but the sword is you know dominating the music industry and being a really top tier performer athlete singer babe right so it's like this bittersweet like song about not having time and trying to find time you're like oh poor baby but then the the stage is sexy it's like pelvic thrust thighs swiping grinding and i'm like this should not be this horned but also if it wasn't this horned i would cry right and so big hit lines us up gets us like oh man i'm like on edge jk's hot this is great and they hit us with jimin filter unnecessarily sexy song and i say that and then i like you know, lies filter jimin holy shit that song is sexy it is it makes me want like more content from Jimin like I want more of that kind of music from him because it is him it is his unique magneticism like you cannot look away I don't think I blinked during filter um I thought the stage was very innovative very playful sexy um you've mannequins across the stage with uh clothes like ties and hats and stuff and he takes them off and he you know dances with the backup dancers and it's very gender as i say as my friend lila and i say it was very gender and if you are queered if you are doing feeling gender feelings I actually think that this concert is actually really great for that. Like even Namjoon has like, he has an outfit and the outfit he's wearing in black swan on this day is just like, like I was like, oh, I feel this. I feel this. This is kind of uh, working for me, but not in a sexy way necessarily, but in a gender for myself way. <laughs> um, but yeah, filter. Holy shit. And then he does a full outfit change at some point. Like, I, I don't know how I missed how that happened, but it was just like, he goes from the outfit that he's wearing to this like wine red outfit with like a nipped in waist. And I'm just like, how do I pay for him to step on me? Or how do I volunteer? I would actually like, I don't even know. I would, I would pay for the privilege though. What the hell? 
right? Ooh. So then to ease us back down into like non-hornedness is Jin and Moon. And I loved Moon. If you listen to my podcast episode um, about Map of the Soul 7, I loved Moon. I thought it was a very romantic song, like very tender, very like, oh, like you're orbiting us. And the stage is very playful, very sweet. It it feels like all of the stages were very much them. Jin's stage feels like Jin. It, it's very sweet. It's very playful. It's very like coy, but in a different way from how Filter was coy. Uh, the gaze is kind of different. The audience in mind is maybe different. It's a very lovely stage, and I I can't wait to see it again tomorrow. Um, and then Inner Child. Inner Child destroyed me. It destroys me when I listen to it, and I was when I was doing my review and looking at the lyrics. And I was prepared. I was like, oh, this is going to be a song where I cry. Okay, I'm prepared. And then the stage is Taehyung. He is on a fair, not a Ferris wheel. Um, the thing with the little horses, whatever that is called, I do not care. But the thing with the horses that goes in a circle, he was on one of those. Fine. All right. Cool with a small boy child dressed identically to him that is clearly representing his younger self. So I really liked that the vocal line stages bookended really neatly in that like talking to slash about your past self, your childhood. Um, But where my time was like horned, like confusing horned, inner child is not at all horned. It is introspective it is kind of serving me Whitney Houston greatest love of all music video vibes and if you've ever spoken to me about Whitney Houston you know that that inspires sobbing every time (laughs) and it was just a really great performance it was very very loving um and like not loving necessarily for us slash of army uh, although it was really lovely that the army, because uh, you had a, throughout the concert, you had uh, screens of army engaging with the concert. Their screams filled the arena, essentially. Um, and in Inner Child, they sang. But the song is from Tay to Tay. <laughs> and it is so loving and so, like, yeah, we got this that I, I still can't get over it. I still cannot get over being able to, to look back at your younger self and be like, yeah, we'll be okay. Like at this point, I'm telling my younger self, commit crimes. I have a list. <laughs> and then after, you know, vocal line wrecked everyone, here comes Hobie to spice us up with some serotonin with outro ego, which I love that song. I love the music video. I love that it is it is sunshine from our sunshine. And this stage is really cute. Y'all, Hobie's out here looking like the cutest boy in the world. And I think that it's it's great. I thought it would be closer to the end, um, to the end of the main concert because outro. 
Um, but I am not going to complain about where it is positioned because it is such a good song. And then following, following, um, outro ego, you have like at the end of the song, everybody comes up and starts dancing with Hobie and the dancers. And it's very cute. Like Yungi is like getting it right. And then they go into boy with love, which I've talked about. I cannot watch boy with love without feeling happiness. It's extra serotonin for me. Um, they did the disco mix, um, that is currently my mom's ringtone. And that was first seen that performance with umbrellas, like led lights, uh, and a disco E tune, uh, that was first heard with Bang Bang Khan back, you know, June slash July. Fantastic. Um, never anything to complain about, uh, obviously. Uh, they followed that up with DNA, Dope, and No More Dream. Uh, there is a reason for that, but I, my subtitles went off, <laughs> so... I don't actually remember what that reason was. So if I get to rewatch the concert of my nieces, um, don't use it to watch it with their friend. I will have that answer for you. But uh, DNA Dope and No More Dream are top tier main tracks. Uh, DNA is a really incredible, really visually stunning comeback. Um, and I love the song. I love it a ton. Um, still cannot figure out if the jersey that I think Jungu is wearing is like a modified Panthers jersey and it will haunt me forever, but in the music video, but mm, fantastic. Um, dope. Always great. Uh, that was my BTS nieceslings. I think that was her first engagement with BTS or it was her first comeback. So I always think really fondly of it because if not for that, I wouldn't be in BTS because she wouldn't have gotten into them to get me into them. And then No More Dream. They played, so before the concert started, you had, uh, they played like the Samsung commercials and music videos. And one of the music videos they played was No More Dream. And I was talking to another fan, like a friend of mine in fandom. And we were just like losing it because this song is really good. The music video, especially if you're Black, is hilarious because they are doing the hood cosplay that, you know, many of their peers in the same debut period did as well. But it's really funny because Namjoon, who is my friend and I, is like shared, like, we love this dude. This is our bias. Um, Namjoon's little afro, like, makes us lose it every time. So we were, we were like, how are we getting No More Dream in 2020 about the music video? And then we got No More Dream the stage performance and the concert, you know? Um, and so that was great. That So the main part of the concert, I was like, yeah, I can handle this. I'm a strong, strong, independent person who doesn't need to cry, blah, blah, blah. And then the encore happened. And I think the most important thing about the encore, like, yes, the songs happened and they were great. Um, but like, cause it was butterfly and run. And I think then they did the ending mentions. I honestly can't remember that. Um, <laughs> cause it was just so much emotion, but they did the ending mentions and it wasn't until like partway through when I, when I realized like, wait, maybe my subtitles went off. Not that they stopped translating or stopped working. 
that I was like, what the fuck? And so Jimin, I caught Jimin's ending mention and he like broke down like uh, my friend Lila, like eagle eye. Um, it was like, he cried for the rest of the thing, for the rest of the encore. And he, it's just, he's so, so heartbroken. He's so stressed out. And, um, and this part of the parasocial relationship that I find fascinating is that we come to care about them, these celebrities so much, like December of 2018, I could not imagine that I would be as invested in BTS as I am now. You know, I, I could never at that point have been like, yeah, I would wake up at 5 a.m. to care about BTS. You know, I, I didn't think of them the way that I think of them now. And here I am, like eight something in the morning, just kind of like weeping over one of my K-pop young men um, because he's fucking losing it in his ending mentions, you know? And I love Jimin. Jimin is very much, um, he is a force and I, I adore him. And I think he is one of the coolest people, one of the coolest celebrities. And one day, I'm going to get white girl wasted with him. I'm speaking that shit into the world. We going to get drank. Okay. Putting it out there. But seeing him Mick freaking lose it, like pitch forward crying, like that hurt. And I, I, I still don't know what to do with myself, you know? I still, I still feel like crying. And, and it was compounded, compounded by the fact that Namjin did his ending mentions in English for us. And, and I just looked it up because I wanted to read it to you guys. See, because everybody else is doing their, their comments in Korean. And he was like, well, since they're doing that, I'm going to do mine in English. And he said, we are literally strong. The armies I know and the BTS you all know, we're all strong. We'll find a way we always have. If there's no way, let's draw the map, a whole map again. So no worries. We're strong and we're still connected. Even wave comes, catastrophes come, wind falls, snow falls, anything. Let's not doubt ourselves. Let's believe in ourselves. And I love you. And like, I love Kim Namjin, leader of BTS. I've, I love him. Like, and, and it's been hard. Um, and I'll probably cry next time. So when I do this tomorrow morning, um, but 2020 has been hard and and every time um, he's talked, every time they've talked to him or talked to BTS, Namjoon has had words of hope and comfort. And even though he must be struggling, like, yes, he's a millionaire and, you know, wealth, but he's also a person. 
and he has to be struggling just as hard in some ways at the disruption to his life. And yet he, he has these words for us, these kind words and that shit hits different at eight 30 in the morning. Y'all <laughs> it is, it is a lot. <laughs> and I think I, when I watched the Wembley concert, it was with the understanding that the next time I saw BTS, it would be live. I had made my mind up in that moment. I would see them perform. And even when I did my review of Map of the Soul 7, it was, I will see them live. That's at the end of that, that episode, actually. And here we are, October 2020. I'm about to have a birthday and uh, haven't seen BTS live. But BTS hasn't seen us live either. And to an extent, the parasocial relationship does go both ways. And so it is heartening and heartbreaking to realize, to see that he is struggling, that they are all struggling, in part because they miss being able to connect with us. And uh, they ended the first, they ended the encore, so the concert, with We Are Bulletproof the Eternal, which it is a song guaranteed to make you weep. Even the music video, which is animated with little, you know, like, I don't want to say chibi, but that's the only word I have. So chibi versions of everyone going through their eras. Um, even that version is like, who am I? What am I going through? Uh, why am I crying? They're little cartoon characters because it's the lyrics are like we are together bulletproof we have you have you it's it's we are forever bulletproof it's about us and them a fandom that built artists and every time I realized that I am a part of this fandom, for better or worse, this really big, really, really incredible fandom that has rough spots, has weird racist spots, <laughs> has people who banded together before we knew that BTS had to do donation chains, to challenge each other, to educate each other and donate and communicate and be better people like every time I go oh I am a part of this every time my fandoming is reaffirmed I I'm glad to be with them I am glad to be someone that can call themselves army and I I didn't think that would happen when I first started listening to BTS I didn't think of it when I first heard of BTS, but here we are. 
I get to be a part of this and I get to be proud of them and sad <laughs> when they're sad publicly, when they're sad publicly, that's how that works. God, how am I going to handle tomorrow? Well, probably with tears. If you're not quite ready to start on the second part of my two-part episode on the virtual concert experience I had with BTS's Map of the Soul 1 concert, now's a really good time to take a break, pause, go do something else, and think about the future of virtual concerts in a time of COVID-19. And maybe think about Jimin crying, if that's your thing. (laughs) Next episode will be up shortly.